0: Welcome everyone to another episode of A Sister and Her Mister. Today we have Dr. Kayla Smith. She is a holistic, integrative fertility and hormone doctor. She holds a PhD in natural and holistic medicine and is also a board-certified functional nutritionist. She has made it her mission to help other women who are struggling with infertility like she had to optimize their bodies and hormone levels. In this episode, we're going to discuss why functional labs are a game changer for your health and tips to help you take charge of your hormones.
1: Doctor said you got PCOS, now go on, girl, just lose some weight. Then I took the symptoms into my own hands and reversed them naturally. So I became a dietitian and helped my
2: sisters feel the best they've ever felt. Take a step in my direction if you want to put them wrong and take control of yourself.
0: so much for joining us, Dr. Kayla. We're so excited to chat with
2: you today. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, we're really excited to talk about functional lab testing, getting a really deep dive into it because it's a very common question that our listeners ask um, on the podcast, as well as on all of our social media platforms. We always get the question about what kind of labs we should get done. But I think before we even get into that, why is it so important to get labs done, specifically functional labs?
2: Yeah, so functional labs are going to look at the root cause of the issues. So if you're dealing with fertility issues or if you're dealing with period issues, you know, you have PCOS, whatever you're dealing with, doing a functional lab or multiple is going to allow you to look deeper into those root causes so we can heal naturally instead of just looking at the surface, instead of just looking at like what with blood work or just getting a snapshot in time, this is going to dive deeper and look at the full picture. What is a functional lab?
0: Like, what does it entail for anyone who's listening and who hasn't heard of this before and typically gets conventional labs done by their doctors at the, you know, at the gyno?
2: Sure. Some of the, some of my favorite ones are the dried urine hormone test. And again, this is looking functionally. Testing hormones through blood is just showing us a snapshot in time of what the hormones are doing right when you're tested. It's not showing how they're methylating, which means neutralizing, detoxing, and excreting. So this is the other side of the hormone picture so we can get a deeper dive, a closer look to see what's really going on in there. The other ones I like to do are, I like to look at the microbiome in the gut. So I do some stool testing to kind of get a deeper dive into the gut. I also like to do mineral analysis, looking at the minerals through tissue, which is done through hair versus blood, which is only showing us again, a snapshot, what our mineral status is versus tissue, which is showing a full picture of what the minerals are doing, how they're detoxing and how the body's using them.
1: Yeah, we've done the minerals testing through through the hair as well. And it was really interesting. And, yeah. I, and I believe it would functional a lab test. There is a shorter range for certain criteria is correct versus conventional?
2: Yes, so I'm looking for optimal ranges, what the body needs to be in optimally. Whereas with blood work, it's just looking at a basic range for that lab and it has to do with the demographic of the people around that lab. So if you're going to a doctor's office and there's say an elderly population, well, that lab parameter is gonna be way different than something like what I'm looking at functionally as a functional medicine doctor.
0: Yeah, so those ranges are kind of narrowed down to like my age, you know, what my issues are, whether or not I'm on like the higher range of testosterone, even if I'm like within the boundaries of having regular testosterone, if it's on the higher level, you take account into that as well. I think that's really important, especially Mm -hmm. with PCOS, because sometimes the labs don't accurately reflect the symptoms. And then the symptoms are kind of like gaslighted and just like you're fine your labs look fine so you're fine
2: exactly and most western doctors are not going to tell you if you're suboptimal which means like you were saying just a little bit on the higher end or a little bit on the lower end they're going to tell you you're within range but you're actually not optimal you're just within range which is not what we want and then again symptoms will pop up and you can be told you're fine you're normal you're within range but then you're like i have all these symptoms and it's because you're suboptimal
1: Yeah, Yeah. this makes a lot of sense because uh, the funny thing is, like, both me and my cousins, he's also a male with the same same age age as me. He went to, like, a a standard doctor, got his lab test done, and I went to a naturopathic doctor, and... Both our testosterone was essentially around the same number, and his doctor told him that everything was fine. And my doctor told me, well, it's in the range, but for your age and how much you work out and what you do actively, dish numbers should be higher. So like there's a very big difference in how different doctors will look at those numbers and communicate to you based on your age, based on your activity level. So I think it is really important to go to a doctor that's specifically, um, you know, for your condition or for the needs that you want. For sure. And
2: the other piece of that too is, uh, you know, if you go to a normal Western doctor, they're not looking at how your body's using the hormones. They're not looking at how you're detoxing and excreting. So that's the other piece of it. If you're within normal range, but you're not excreting and you're not detoxing, then those hormones are going to recirculate in your body and cause all these symptoms. That's the other piece of it too, is I correlate the lab tests with the symptoms and read it together. Most Western doctors don't do that. So the symptoms, I want to see what the actual person is feeling and what their symptoms are. So then I can treat them, you know, more holistically and it it correlates with the labs. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So let's say
0: you had a PCOS patient, someone with PCOS comes to you. What would you be looking for in their lab work? And what would you most likely bring to their attention? Um, Especially if, for example, conventional labs show that they're fine, you know, because right. Oftentimes we don't get insulin glucose tolerance tests and, you know, they just look at your glucose level and they're like, well, it's basically fine. And that's such a later, um, signification that you have insulin resistance and all of these things are kind of like overlooked. What would you say if someone with
2: PCOS came in and did their labs with you? For sure. So first thing I would look at is their glucocorticoids, which is their stress hormones, because a lot of people I see with PCOS will have their adrenal glands, they're, they're experiencing adrenal gland fatigue. So they have really low numbers of their glucocorticoids, which are their stress hormones. That's their cortisol, cortisone, creatinine, all those levels. So I'll look there to see, okay, what are your stress hormone levels? What do we need to do to optimize these? Are you in adrenal fatigue? So that's kind of the first place I'll look. I also want to see again, how you're detoxing and excreting, because if you're not detoxing, Your stress hormones, like you should, then you're going to recirculate them, which is going to cause issues. So, we'll look there first. Then, I also want to look at the androgens. Obviously, androgens are really important for PCOS. I want to see not just what the levels are so, your DHEA, your testosterone, your DHT but then also how your body is metabolizing, detoxing, and excreting. Because, again, if you're recirculating these hormones, you're going to cause symptoms, you're going to have a lot harder time with PCOS. Um, especially if you're trying to get pregnant, if you're recirculating these hormones and you have all these symptoms, it's going to be a lot harder to get pregnant. Um, the other place I like to look is the estrogens, how you're detoxing your estrogens. Most PCOS women, as you guys know, have estrogen dominance. And if you already have estrogen dominance and you're not detoxing the way you need to, then you're going to have symptoms. You're going to you know, have crazy, all kinds of symptoms. Um, and that's the thing too, if you're, at your Western doctor, they're testing your hormones through blood. Maybe they're like your estrogens are within balanced range. Maybe you're suboptimal. Maybe you're even estrogen dominance, but they're not looking at the detox pathways. They're not looking at how you're excreting things. So, so this is super important as well. The last place I would look at is organic acids to see how you're breaking down your stress hormones and how they're excreting. If you have insulin resistance, if you have any of those things popping up, then that organic acids will be really important to see.
1: Oh this is great. I want to actually backtrack a couple a couple of minutes because you said so many interesting yeah. topics I just want to open up a little bit like Pandora's box. But you mentioned like detoxing stress hormones and as well as estrogen dominance. When it comes to detox detoxing stress hormones, what are like ways to detox those stress hormones because that's a very common issue with P C S women is either cortisol dysregulation, where their cortisol levels are not properly synced with their circadian rhythm, or just excessive high cortisol throughout the day, what would you recommend to detox those stress hormones?
2: Yeah, so there's a couple different things here. So to detox, we want to think about, okay, how do we detox? We detox through pee, through poop, through our gut microbiome being balanced. So are we... Adequately hydrated. Are we drinking enough water to be hydrated so that we're excreting our hormones? Um, Are we pooping every day at least once a day up to three times a day to get the hormones out through poop? is our gut microbiome balanced? Are we having any gut issues? Any, you know, telltale signs, you know, constipation is a big one. I see if you are not pooping three times or at least one time a day up to three times, then you're probably constipated, which means you're recirculating these stress hormones. Mm-hmm. So that's how we're getting them out of the body through pee, through poop, through our guts. And then I feel like there was a second part of that question I had. I was going to say, and it's lost me. What was the second part?
1: And then I wanted to bring up estrogen dominance as well, because for I think the common thought is, oh, like women with PCOS have low estrogen. But like you brought up in many cases, it's actually the opposite of estrogen dominance. Could you explain that phenomenon, for lack of better terms, as to why that happens?
2: Yeah. So estrogen dominance means your estrogens are higher than your progesterone or they're actually just your estrogens are high. Maybe your progesterone is fine, but you have high estrogen. And I see this a lot when we have these detox pathway issues because again, you're not detoxing the estrogens appropriately. So it's causing them to accumulate and then to recirculate. So you get estrogen dominance. So some of the signs of estrogen dominance are gonna be period issues, weight loss resistance, the facial hair sometimes will pop up as well, hirsutism, that type of thing. So making sure again, that you're detoxing appropriately is gonna help with all of this and to help bring those estrogens down. Sometimes too, I'll use some supplements as far as estrogen dominance goes, DIM is a really popular one that a lot of people talk about. This will help to bring the estrogens down into balanced range. And yeah. if you're not detoxing appropriately, sometimes we can even add something like broccoli sprouts, which oh, will yeah. help recirculate the estrogens to a new pathway and help bring the detox help with detox.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, cool. I've also heard NAC and N-acetylcysteine is a, yeah. it's a good option too. I think studies show 1200 milligrams a day has been shown to really help with detoxing excess hormones and you know foreign particles as well from the body so yeah
0: for sure, Speaking for sure. Of foreign particles there are xenoestrogens like the fake estrogens that come from bpa and all of the things that are toxic that we end up having in our bodies do those end up in our blood work to show high estrogen levels they can for sure they can yeah so when we see like estrogen do- dominance could that also be a factor for sure,
2: yes, and I would say you know we are exposed to all types of these products. As as much as you can, try to eliminate them out of your life. But again, help with healthy detox will also you know help with that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I've also heard how estradiol is like the good type of estrogen that women with PCOS typically don't have enough of, and then because we have xenoestrogens or because we have detox pathways that aren't like working properly we end up seeming like we have high estrogen but we actually don't have enough of estradiol Mm -hmm. can you elaborate on that because i feel like that's something that kind of threw me off when i read about it
2: Yeah, well, I think that's why it's another important point of why we should do a functional test, because we can look at all three estrogens on that test to see what the actual levels are. And then that also shows the phase one and phase two metabolites, the pathways, which how those estrogens are going down which pathway, which can Mm -hmm. show us a more accurate representation of what the estrogens are actually doing, what the levels actually are. Because that's the thing with blood work. Blood is homeostatic. It's always trying to balance itself. It's also a transporter vehicle so it's transporting these hormones all around and it's not actually a great representation of what the levels actually are mm. so, so that's, that's why so decided, interesting yeah do the functional test yeah that's so interesting
0: how it's like a little bit also outdated probably right <laughs> like everything else
2: right right so we won't get on that soapbox as to why blood work is used because it's cheap it's easy and that's what's always been used so that's it yeah
1: uh, i never thought of that.
2: You know,
0: those lab tests, those lab kits that, you know, you send your urine and you send like a drop of blood or you send your stool or your hair, they really add up and become so expensive. And I feel like a lot of people should be actually using them. Like they shouldn't just be these like expensive, exclusive things. Like they should just be a thing everyone does yearly just to see what's going on with their hormones and, oh, hey, my testosterone's high. Like, let me take a supplement and see if my symptoms will get better, you know? Did you hear about that sister who took ovacetol and finally got her period after a year of not having one?
1: Incredible. I see those kinds of messages on Instagram a lot. How does that even happen?
0: Well, ovacetol helps with healing insulin resistance, a common root issue that most PCOS sisters have. And by targeting insulin resistance, we're seeing sisters kick those crazy cravings finally regulate their periods, ovulate, and improve their egg quality. Each packet of ovacetol has a 40 to 1 ratio of myo-inositol and d inositol This ratio is similar to the ratio that should be found in the body, but with women like me who have PCOS, this ratio is often imbalanced. So, taking ovacetol can be super effective in treating insulin resistance, starting from the root of the issue.
1: So awesome. It tastes like nothing, so just warn me when you put it in a cup so I don't. Drink it.
0: You got it, boo. Check out the link in the description to get 15% off your order.
2: And I always tell people, like, they are, you know, pricier tests and really prioritize where you want to spend your money. But I would say, like, you can spend money now on something like this to learn the root cause of your issues, or you can spend money later on prescriptions, surgeries, you know, Western medicine. So you're going to spend money. It's just, are you going to spend it for health or are you going to spend it for sickness?
0: Yeah. It's definitely a worth it investment.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. We
0: do it yearly.
1: Yeah. We do it once a year. And I was just going to actually ask about that. Like, what is your recommendation for, let's say you do a lab test for somebody and um, there are some parameters that need to, that should improve. And then they go on some sort of a regimen. How soon do you check those parameters again? And then, but then again, the other side, if everything looks great, do you still recommend to check it once a year? What, What would be like your recommendations?
2: I want to look at symptoms first. So based around your budgeting as well, if you have it in your budget and you're still experiencing symptoms after you've been working on this, definitely do it at least once a year. If in a year, if your symptoms are all good and you're like, I feel good, I'm not really experiencing anything. I would maybe still say get some basic labs done, but I don't know that I would go the full gamut every year because it can get expensive, but definitely watch those symptoms and see, do I need this now or do I feel do I feel healthy? Yeah. yeah.
1: Do do you have a favorite one that you like to recommend?
2: So I love the hormone test, the dried urine hormone test. So the one I work with is through Meridian Valley Labs, similar to Dutch, but it has a few more parameters in it and it's a little less expensive. So I really like that one. I feel like their reporting is a lot easier to read as well, but it's similar to Dutch. I usually start with that one. Then I do the mineral test and then I'll do a gut test.
1: And do they like follow through after the lab test is done to like you said, there's a report. But it, I guess the report is it explains everything thoroughly to be like okay this is off and do they give recommendations in, in terms of like supplements or things like that or is it just like here here is what's quote unquote wrong and here's here's what's right.
2: Yes. So you do need to work with a practitioner to run these tests. You wouldn't want to, and I don't even think you can order it on your own. You have to order through a practitioner, but like when somebody works with me, I order the test kit for them. It gets shipped to their house. They take it at home. It's done through urine. And then they get a full protocol and a call with me and I go through all the results. And I say, this is what's wrong. This is what we need to optimize. And this is what you need to do to do that. So it's targeted nutrition, targeted supplements and lifestyle pieces. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah.
0: I did the Dutch test like yeah. a, several years ago. It was very detailed, so complex. Mm-hmm. I could barely wrap my head around it. And I was the practitioner. I had to call Dutch and have someone <laughs> explain it to me because yeah. it was just beyond yeah. anything it's I learned a as a dietitian. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. If you don't know how to read it, yeah, it'll be yeah. So that's why I say you have to work with a practitioner, yeah, somebody who does these tests and knows how to read it and knows how to read all the you know ins and outs of it, not just the face value, but what does this actually mean?
0: Yeah, exactly. Connecting the different labs to each other and telling you how they work synergistically will help you understand that when you do this, this happens. It doesn't convert. You can't excrete it. It becomes like recirculated in your body and then you get symptoms like this when it makes sense to you taking diet and lifestyle changes and taking them really seriously is so much easier because you understand like what is really happening to you and you who wants that you know
2: for sure. For sure. And I find too, it helps people to stay on track and to really, you know, it's one thing to have a practitioner say, this is the protocol I recommend. But when you see it in black and white, and you see like, these are my labs, and if I don't fix this, then this is going to happen, it makes follow through that much, you know, easier and and people are more willing to do it.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I, I just want to take a little break for a second, because I know you do have a little freebie for our listeners. It's not a lab test for anyone. Don't, don't, don't get your hopes up. <laughs> <laughs> right. We do. Have, you do have an amazing freebie for our listeners. So could you explain to them what that freebie is and how they could um, how they could receive it?
2: Sure. So it is a copy of my cycle syncing quick start guide, and this will teach you how to cycle sync, which means eating certain foods and doing certain lifestyle pieces to optimize your hormones and to balance them, creating homeostasis in your body. And along with that comes a seven day free pass to my solving infertility summit, which is 60 expert interviews talking about all things related to fertility, hormones, weight loss, pregnancy, all of it all holistic health. So to get that, you want to go to com slash PCOS dash weight dash loss.
1: Amazing. And we'll, we'll put that in the description of this episode too. So y'all can click directly to, to the website and receive your uh, free guide and the free seven days to the infertility summit. I think it's amazing. I think we all know optimizing your cycle syncing it with your daily routine your activities is a huge huge way to improve symptoms and of course anyone who wants to improve their fertility chances great place to learn
2: and it's for all hormones not just fertility so let me okay. make it clear. not just people trying to get pregnant but anybody struggling with hormone imbalance can benefit from this
1: oh amazing amazing so you also have a book correct the hormone puzzle method
2: I do. The Hormone Puzzle Solving Infertility. I have a bunch of books. This one was my biggest one and my first one. So yes.
1: Oh, amazing. Amazing. Yeah. What could people learn from that, from that book if they want to, you know, order that today?
2: Yeah, sure. So it's all the pieces to my hormone puzzle and puzzle is an acronym and it's all the foundational pieces that you should do to optimize your hormones and your fertility naturally. And I can go through the acronym real fast if you guys yeah. want. Yeah, yeah, please. Yeah. So it's, P, proper whole food nutrition, U, understanding supplements, Z is zapping stress, Z or Z's, which is sleep, L is love and encouragement, E is exercise and environment. So if you can take one of those pieces each day and work to optimize that part of your life, then you will have holistic health. and, And that's kind of the foundational place to start, to start to balance your hormones, optimize your fertility.
1: Nice. That's great. What do you feel is like the hardest part of that? puzzle part for for people in general to like incorporate into their lifestyle. I feel like probably sleep
2: Yeah, I think I was going to say nutrition and supplements because nobody wants to change their diet, you know, people food telling us don't want to change it. But I think sleep as well is, is a tough one for a lot of people. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I feel like sleep is always hard because it's like you have to give up some things that you like doing at night, whether that's like watching TV or like being on the phone, you know, all the things that we all do. We're all guilty of like you just have to like almost remove the fun from your nighttime a little bit just to kind of. Of get the proper sleep but it's sleep is so important i think it's like the big biggest for me personally i think it's the biggest part of like your mood your uh, metabolism your energy levels just like everything i feel like it's always connected to sleep
2: for sure for sure and that was one point i just remembered earlier we were talking about circadian rhythm and this has to do with sleep and some ways to get your circadian rhythm to optimize Early morning sun in your eyes is the best way to start that cycle with serotonin production. And then minimal to no blue lights at night will start the melatonin production. So that kind of sets your circadian rhythm. Go to bed and wake up same time day and night. Another fun fact that a lot of people don't realize is tryptophan is a precursor to the metabolism of these hormones. So eating foods like, you know, real turkey, real turkey breast, not lunch meat, cherry, um, tart, cherry juice. That's another one to help kind of make that, to make that vitamin in your body. So, so oh, yeah. Nice.
1: Going back to the, um, the morning sun too, like for a lot of people, like if you can't go outside to see the sun, there, there are actually lights that you can hmm. buy from Amazon. It basically mimics the sun's rays, like the, the the color, the UV rays, and you can just literally put it on your desk. You can put, or, or actually put it in your bathroom. I actually, I've seen somebody do this. They put it in their bathroom mirror and then, When they go to the bathroom to brush their teeth, to, you know, wash their face and uh, for people listening, makeup, all that kind of stuff, you just turn that on. And while you're doing your morning routine, you're getting that sunlight into your face, which should wake you up even more so, and then give you that uh, boost of cortisol that you need in the morning to get your day started. So yeah, just for anyone to like, if it's hard to get sun, whether because you wake up early or just because, you know, sometimes it's hard to go outside right away. I think those lights are a good system too.
2: Mm, for sure for
1: sure i love that i think Ty, and Ty, we should
0: you, definitely get one of those i yeah. was just
1: thinking the same
2: thing i was like i gotta get one of these where do yeah. i get that
1: when we're like I, I don't know if you've heard but like there, there's this guy brian johnson on youtube that's just like this crazy like uh he's a guy who's just like his, he's dedicated his whole life to making himself younger it's pretty like out there in terms of like how deep this guy's going into it but he has some good tips along the way and he was the one that uses the morning lights and like blue, like glasses at night, all these things to just like optimize his hormones and things. So it, all the little things make a difference.
2: For sure. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. It definitely
0: boosts my mood when I see sunlight when I'm outside. I mean, if it's cloudy, it completely changes my mood. So I think there's definitely something to this. Yeah, For sure.
1: Well, I know we talked about your, um, your free guide to, to the listeners, but is there your social media or your website that we can help promote?
2: Sure. Yeah. So you can learn more about me at CoachKayla.com. I was a health coach first before I got my PhD and became a doctor. Um, So CoachKayla.com. There's a lot of free gifts on that website, a lot of digital downloads. You can learn more about my podcast, the Hormone Puzzle Podcast. Um, I also run a company called Fertility Coach University. For any practitioners listening, you can go to FertilityCoachUniversity.com and learn more about becoming a fertility coach. And then on Instagram, that's my favorite platform to hang out on social media. So it's Kayla underscore health coach and hormone puzzle method.
1: Uh, It's amazing. Amazing. So many great resources. We'll put all of those in the show notes as well. And yeah, I I think slowly Instagram is becoming our favorite too. Like we hopped on over to TikTok. TikTok was cool for a second, but we hear a lot of people are getting off TikTok now and going back to Instagram. So Mm -hmm i feel like instagram is so much easier to just manage for now
2: for sure sure. i know i never got on tiktok everybody kept saying like go to tiktok i'm like no did you guys ever do uh what was it clubhouse oh (laughs) we did
1: yeah we did for a minute yeah we were doing our we were doing our podcast live on clubhouse uh just to kind of get the ball rolling and stuff but it it was just it didn't have the growth that the other platforms have had For
2: sure. For sure. Yeah. I was on there for a hot minute and I was like, nope, can't do this one.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And then now there's like lemonade, which I don't think it's really picking up that much anymore. There's like so many new ones that come out, but I feel like the OGs are going to stay here for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Kayla. We really appreciated everything you talked about with functional labs. We talked about different hormone optimizations, cycle syncing. So really appreciate you coming on. And for the listeners, Definitely check out the free guide in the in the show notes. We recommend to check out Dr. Kale's website as well. There's a lot of information for you to learn from there. So thank you for listening for everyone.
0: Yes, thank you so much for joining. Hey sisters, just wanted to let you know that all of our podcast episodes have corresponding blog posts that dive deeper into each topic. So head over to PCUSweightLoss.org slash blog.
1: Is it slash or is a backslash blog? I don't know. I've always heard one or the other. It's forward slash. Or slash? Just in case, you can also go to pcusweightlaws.org.